0: Over the last few weeks, we've been thinking about how faith is like a muscle. You need to train it so that it can grow and develop as we live our lives for Jesus. Just like physical training requires us to develop and practice good, healthy habits, growing in our faith also requires us to practice and develop good habits that our faith might grow and get stronger over the past few weeks we've looked at a range of different holy habits that help and enable us to grow in our faith because as our faith grows not only does do we become stronger but we experience the fullness of life that jesus promises to us all. So if we want to live our best lives, then we need to develop these holy habits that enable his life to flow into our lives as we follow him. So over the past few weeks, we've looked at a range of different habits. We've talked about reading the Bible. We've talked about praying and meditating uh, together. Then it got a bit more challenging. We talked about the holy habit of fasting, um, and then last week, it got even more challenging as we talked about the habits of submission and sacrifice. And if you've missed out on any of those, I encourage you to go back and listen to them on the YouTube channel, on the podcast, or wherever they might, uh, you can catch up. Today, we are going to look at two more habits, um, the habits of space and simplicity together in a message that I've entitled, Step Back. Uh, But before we go any further, we're going to pray and then read God's word together. Um, uh, So let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you uh, have revealed your love for us and are continuing to reveal your love to us And so, Lord, as we look at your word together this morning, may we continue to know more of you, to be able to live our lives for you more and more each day. And may you be glorified as we follow you and as we uh, we follow the example that you have set for us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to look at two passages of Scripture this morning. Uh, First of all, from Luke chapter 5, and then from 1 Timothy chapter 6. So if you've got your Bibles, feel free to turn to those. The words will also be up on the screen if you'd like to follow along. But uh, our first reading is from Luke chapter 5, verses 15 to 16, where we're told this. That yet the news about him, that is Jesus, spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And then 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 6 to 12, we're told this. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I wonder, have you ever found yourself focusing on something so intensely that it's become so important to you, it almost consumes every area of your life, but in reality, if you're honest with yourself, Maybe it's not as important as you think it might be. Many of you will know that I'm someone who likes to give my best. If I can see something that I'm not happy with, I really struggle to just leave it and to move on with it. I don't want to give anything other than my best. And sometimes that's a really good thing, but sometimes it's not such a good thing. A couple of years ago, I was at a conference and one of the speakers was encouraging those of us there that were present to not endlessly pursue perfection. Uh, When we pursue perfection, we can spend hours and hours developing the finer details and trying to make everything just right. However, perfection is impossible uh, to achieve there is always more you can do to make something better. Instead, we were encouraged at this conference that in order to avoid burnout, if we're to make the most of our time, we cannot pursue perfection. If we are to manage and and, and balance all the competing priorities that we face throughout life, we have to come to a point where we just step back and recognise That there are other areas that can better use our time, better use our resources. That we need to get to a point where we can say, do you know what, it's good enough for me to move on. It struck me that this is often the root of what happens when we feel anxious and, and when we become fearful and worried. We see something that concerns us and as we see that thing that concerns us, we focus on it. Because it concerns us it's a natural thing to do but as we focus on it that consumes more of our mental energy it becomes a bigger and a bigger issue time and time again we try to understand the issue we try to address the issue but all the while the anxiety and the fear continues to build and over time what started out as a small worry no matter how Uh, rational and reasonable it might be, becomes blown out of all proportion and consumes our whole life because we've let that fear continue to foster within us. The worry takes over and it blinds us to the true reality of the landscape around us. Many of us will know the old saying that you can't see the wood for the trees, Sometimes in life we need to step back and embrace some space that we might be able to shift and broaden our focus, that we could truly see the wood for the trees. What we sometimes don't recognise is that Jesus was someone who appreciated space. He took the time to step back from all that was going on around him and to readdress his focus. Today, in our, our reading from Luke chapter 5, we heard that news had just got out about Jesus. This was the tipping point in Jesus' ministry. Good things were happening. People were coming to him to hear what he had to say. They were coming full of hope and expectation that he would bring healing into their lives but what did Jesus do at his moment of tipping point instead of running into it head first he stepped back and we're told that he withdrew to lonely places and prayed and this isn't something that Jesus did just once or twice this was a habit that Jesus practiced a holy habit that he put into force throughout his life. Jesus was often seen withdrawing and stepping back. Straight after his baptism, right at the start of his ministry, Jesus doesn't just plough on and get on with the job. What does he do instead? He steps back, he stops, he goes out into the wilderness for 40 days to embrace the space. As Jesus prepares to go to the cross, right at the other end of his his life and ministry on this earth, Jesus goes into the garden and doesn't just enjoy a nice walk, but he stops. He steps back. He takes the time to readjust his focus, to embrace the space and to come to a point where he could truly pray, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus was a man who valued space and he made a habit of creating space throughout his life. And if Jesus was someone who valued and created space in his life, then we too should be seeking to follow his example and value and create space within our lives, developing the discipline of stepping back. Creating space to be with God, to readjust our focus and to grow in our faith with Him. John Markoma uh, reflects on how Jesus valued space and he makes two observations. Firstly, he, he observes that the space was good for Jesus. He says this that Jesus came out of the wilderness with all sorts of clarity about his identity and his calling. He was grounded. He was centred. He was in touch with God and with himself. Isn't that just a beautiful description of discipleship for us to aim for? That Jesus wants us to be people who are clear about who we are, what we're called to. He wants us to know that we are not who we say we are. We're not what the world says we are. We're not what our feelings say we are. But instead he wants us to know the truth of who we are, the truth that we are made in the image of God. We are loved, we are his children and all this truth can't just be found and known as we run around the world like headless chickens running from one thing to the next. This truth can only be found and known as we create space to come into the presence of God and to hear this truth spoken over us as we spend time in the presence of our God and Father. Jesus emerged out of the wilderness with clarity about his identity but he was also grounded in his purpose. He knew what to do next because he'd spent time with God in his, and and, and created space to hear what God wanted him to do. He knew how he needed to go and live his life. He wasn't distracted by worries or other things that surrounded him. He could see the wood for the trees. His life had a clear perspective And that perspective was not his own. It was God's will for his life. So John Marcomer's first reflection is that space was good for Jesus, and it's also good for us. But John Marcomer's second reflection is that in a world that often feels totally disconnected with God, maybe the issue is not so much God's distance from us, but rather it's our distraction from God's presence in our lives. Jesus' words to his disciples were clear. Matthew chapter 28, he said this as he's parting words to his disciples, and I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is never far from us. If we are feeling disconnected from Jesus... Rather than blaming him for turning his back on us, maybe we need to step back and focus on him and his promise to be always with us instead. Uh, Ronald said it put it this way. He said that we are distracting ourselves into a spiritual oblivion. Pretty harsh warning. Imagine a church full of believers, clear in their identity, clear in their purpose, in touch with God and themselves. We need to make space to know God, to know his will for all our lives, to receive from him as we live out our lives for him. So practically, How can we create space as we we follow Jesus? What does it look like for us to value space in our lives today? Well, maybe we can start by changing our expectations. Instead of pursuing more and more and more, maybe we need to start by embracing the idea that in order to see God do more, we need to do less. We need to create space to be more grounded in our identity and in our purpose. Just this week, I was sharing with a friend about the wonderful way God's provided for us as we've been looking for funding to support the community pioneering work we're doing here in the church. A couple of months back, I'd spoken to him and I said, do you know what? There's nothing more I can do. I mean, it's all in God's hands. And he asked me this week, how was it going? I said, great news prayers have been answered, God hears, God is working, God is moving. It was only when I stepped back that God was able to move. Where else might that be our testimony? Where might that be our story? Maybe we need to think about how in the chaos and busyness of our lives, we can create space for Jesus. This will be different for each one of us in our own lives and our own schedules. But if we are to grow in our faith, if we are to live our best life with Jesus, then this is a vital thing for us to practice. It's a vital habit for us to develop. Creating space might include a regular quiet time. It might include a walk out in the countryside where we can clear our mind of everything else and focus on the presence of God. It might mean a day where you step away from distractions like TV and your phone and lay them down that you might find space for God and to know his presence in your life. Whatever it looks like for you, space is valuable and it is powerful. It has the power to transform our perspective to transform our identity, to transform our purpose as we live our lives for Jesus. As we step back from all the world wants us to see, we will create space to be, or will we create space to be and know the presence of God, our Heavenly Father. Another important aspect of creating space is setting the right pace. The fact that rhymes is just a nice little coincidence. Um, Mark's gospel is about as busy as it comes. If you want to read some, uh, an action thriller in the Bible, go to Mark's gospel. Jesus is on the move. He's going from one place to another. There's a sense of urgency. There's a sense of moving on to the next thing. Yet, even in the midst of all this pace and urgency... Jesus kept on walking from A to B. Now let's say the average person walks at three miles per hour. Jesus spent his life walking at three miles per hour. This is the son of God, a man on a mission, come to be the hope and life of all the world. And he walked at three miles per hour. In contrast, we live in a world where we often talk and boast about how we live life at 90 miles per hour. There's always stuff going on. You say to someone, how are you? And they say, oh, I've been busy. Life is full on, we're fast, living in the fast lane. The pressures of work, family, social commitments can so easily overwhelm us that we feel like we're all consumed with stuff going on around us and we're living life in the fast lane. But here's the issue. If Jesus walks at three miles per hour, and we live our life at 90 miles per hour, who's leading whom? Living as Jesus taught us to live is not about rushing and racing to get everything done. Living as Jesus taught us means that we often need to take our foot off the accelerator To step back and embrace what one preacher has called the pace of grace. To stop striding and striving for more and embrace the pace that Jesus calls us to follow. One way that we can set the right pace and create space is by practising the habit of simplicity and contentment. And this leads us into the second reading that we read together this morning in 1 Timothy chapter six. So often the reason that we are so busy, we've got so much going on, is that we're not content. We're not content with how much money we have. And so we have the pressure to work for more. We're not content with what we've achieved. And so we strive to be more successful to just name a couple of things where contentment or discontentment drives our lives. Living with discontent is miserable. It's exhausting. But Paul offers us a different vision. To Timothy in the church in Ephesus, he says this, that godliness and with, with contentment is great gain. Instead of holding on to the discontent of always longing for more, Paul points out that we were brought into this world with nothing and we can take nothing out of it. As a friend of mine says, you never see a hearse followed by a removal van. You can't take it with you. This This is Paul encouraging the church in Ephesus to step back to create space, to see a new perspective. And that same encouragement applies to us. There were those within the church in Ephesus who'd become so distracted by their love and their desire for more money that, they, uh, that it was holding them back from growing in their faith. In fact, it was even hindering their faith. Paul's message is that because they were so fixated on money, they couldn't see the wood for the trees. Yes, money is valuable. Yes, we need money to live on. But when we step back and see that God is the giver and creator of all things, money actually isn't that valuable in comparison to knowing who our God is. In fact, Paul goes even further than saying money isn't that important he goes and says that the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. <coughs> On me, Paul's concern is for the is for people within the church in Ephesus who had committed to follow Jesus, but had then been distracted from doing so, because uh, 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 because of the of the their desire for more money in their life. They'd wandered from their faith and pursued other things. Instead, they'd been distracted from following through on the commitment they'd made to Jesus. They were even pursuing things that had caused them and would cause them harm. I've said it repeatedly throughout this series. It's one of our core texts throughout this series. It's one of our core texts as a church jesus came that he that we might have life and life in all its fullness if we want to 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 live our best life we need to stick close to jesus but if we are to be distracted from jesus if we're to value other things more than we value jesus then we're going to find that our attention is taken away from him and we're not going to receive and experience the life in all its fullness that Jesus has to give to us all. Ultimately, it's going to harm us in the way that we live our lives. Richard Foster uh, suggests three ways that we can practice this habit of simplicity of, 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 of avoiding distractions that can so easily lead us away from Jesus. Firstly, the habit of simplicity recognises that we have as a gift, or that all that we have, sorry, is a gift that we have been given. It is not something that we have earned. It doesn't belong to us, but it is given to us. James chapter 1 tells us, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Everything good is from God's. Secondly, we can trust and know that it is God's job and not ours to take care of what we have. As Ian reminded us a couple of weeks ago, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 6, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Finally, to practice simplicity, we also need to be willing to make our things available to others. As Hebrews 13 encourages us, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. This morning we've been worshipping God and praising God as the band led us in song. But actually we can praise God just as well by doing good. By sharing with others, with such sacrifices, God is pleased. If we hold on to material things we run the risk of being distracted, of having our hearts pulled away from Jesus. I wonder how might we hold on to the things that are ours rather than recognising them as gifts that have been given from God. How might we chat, how might Recognizing that they've been given to us, change how we use those things that we've been blessed with. How might we provide, for, or how might we provide for ourselves instead of trusting God that He will provide for our needs? How might the generosity that you have received from God lead you to be generous to those around you? To live our best life with Jesus, we need to step back. We need to create space. We need to be content with what we have. So how might we develop the holy habit of stepping back, of embracing space and simplicity within our lives? In the book of Revelation, Jesus says this, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Jesus is always present. He's always knocking at the door. He wants to come into each one of our lives. The invitation is open to us all. Jesus wants to come and help us to know life in all its fullness. He wants us to live our best life with him. The question is, will we open the door? Will we create the space to know his presence, to welcome his presence into our lives, and to let him come and shape our lives as we welcome him in? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we praise you for the wonderful truth that you are with us always. Lord, forgive us for the times where we are distracted from your presence. And this morning, we once again take the moment to pause and to remember that you are with us and to welcome you into our lives once again. Lord, would you help us to step back? to value space in the crowded lives that we live, to slow down, to not run ahead of you, but to walk in the pace of grace, side by side with you throughout our lives. Lord, those things that distract us from you, this morning we once again lay them down, We hand them over to you and pray that you would help us to keep our eyes set on you above all things at all times, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.